Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of The Sensational Kid Show. This week, I want to explore some reasons behind masking or camouflaging as such. Um, I have this week had inquiries from a number of parents asking me how they can support their kids who are masking, asking me how they can support the adults around them who are working with their kids, um, struggling. And I thought I'd just do a little bit more exploration about camouflaging, about masking and neurodiversity, um, neurodivergent adults and neurodivergent kids. Um, So when we talk about masking or camouflaging, we're really talking about changing our our natural, our usual personality so that we can fit in. Um, But when we're talking about a neurodivergent person masking or camouflaging, it's really so that we can try and be perceived as neurotypical. And quite often we use masking and camouflaging interchangeably. Um, And they're different subcategories of both. So if we think about camouflaging and I like the idea of camouflaging as a word because it's this really strong tactic that um, like I always think of a chameleon and evolution has given it this ability to disguise its appearance and many other animals actually so that they can um, avoid being detected or so that they can imitate other animals so that they can put off their predators Um, and I think social camouflaging is really a strategy that we use to blend into our surroundings, our social surroundings, or so that we can present ourselves as this different person, different from who we are. Um, and it's not really like the chameleon who wants to be invisible, but it's more like we, we want to just make certain behaviors so that we stand out in the same way okay um it's so that we can be seen as appropriate or as as um as norm or normal for that group i hate the word normal by the way um and you know a part of camouflaging is probably because we want is is just part of natural human interaction right we learn social skills and we want to improve our social interaction so we adhere to these social constructs social conventions um you know so i behave very differently at work than i do at home well i used to in any case it depends on where i'm working on the day okay um and you know so we might um it might mean that i will act differently or i'll talk differently or i'll talk in a certain way um a a young um a young autistic man was telling me that he speaks very differently when he's doing his job at McDonald's to when he's speaking to his friends and he said that for him it is as though he is doing um a simulated game and so that's how he he then sees it um and 
you know, so that's how he copes. And he says he, he loves working at McDonald's because it is like a game and he knows what's going to happen and it's predictable and he can um, improve his scores, as he says. He's a great employee, by the way. Um, when we think about the reasons we have for camouflaging, you know, there are a number of, of reasons. So it might be that we want to... Um, to work well with our classmates or we want to do well at university. It might be that we want to bond with others or fit in. Um, it might be that actually you want to avoid being bullied, avoid being ostracized. You might want to just really try and fit in in this neurotypical world. Um you might just do it out of habit. You know, it might just be out of habit. And it might be this internalized stigma of actually, I I don't want to be with that feeling of feeling ashamed. I, When I'm just me, I'm not good enough. And that's something I hear quite often. Um, you know, there are, there are three... Um, subcategories which were defined by um i think it was 2018 by laura hull et al and and there were three subcategories of camouflaging so one was compensating so compensation and these are strategies to compensate for difficulties in social situations okay for example you copy someone's body language you copy their facial expressions you learn social cues from movies or from books Another one is then called masking. So strategies that you use to hide your autistic characteristics or your neurodivergent characteristics um, to portray this non-neurodivergent persona. Okay. Um, and then we have what's called assimilation. So strategies that we're using to fit in with social situations. So if it, for example, forcing interactions with others or putting on this um, this act okay and really the consequences of of camouflaging are huge and they are just so detrimental you know some consequences are complete and utter exhaustion physically and mentally this feeling of just feeling anxious and stressed after having to put on this act you might have these symptoms of depression um and just this feeling of not being accepted, okay? And it can lead to absolutely dire mental health um, consequences. And one particular Senko said to a mum, isn't it great that your daughter has learned to mask? And it's actually enough to make you just want to cry because... Why should we have to pretend to be someone else or pretend to be happy when we're not, pretend to not be anxious when we are? And it's so, so important that we just, we start looking at why the young people that we work with are camouflaging in certain ways and what we can do about it. Okay, so if you think about compensation, that is basically a way of just learning and using social skills, okay? So you acquire different social skills and then you use these internal scripts. I often have to go through a phone call 
in my head or out loud a number of times before I actually make the phone call. Okay. Um, it doesn't go so much directly at the expense of me, but it is draining because it can still affect my mental health. Um, you know, I get, I have to be this, I, I feel like I have to be this social butterfly and I have to always be happy and cheery. And that is exhausting to always be happy, to always be cheery, to always try and solve people's problems or, or make everything better for everyone, you know, to be the funny one, to cheer people up. When I think about masking, for me, that really is when I'm actively pushing down or suppressing those signs of anxiety and perhaps other neurodivergent features so that I can maintain this um, appearance of being confident and being really socially, socially confident, you know, and I think about actually, you know, I monitor what I'm saying or what I'm doing. I um, try not to, to look away from people and actually, I then start thinking, oh my gosh, because I'm, I'm, I'm not looking away. Does that mean that I'm staring at them? So I now need to look away. Um, and what we do is that we actually, you know, people understand us, but we might not understand us. We might not understand ourselves. And our responses are then that we, you know, we want to suppress ourselves, suppress our, our, our intuitive responses and express them in ways that we think other people are expecting them. And that's super, super draining. Like it is just exhausting. When you're compensating, you're trying to keep up with others socially. But when you're masking, you're hiding key aspects of yourself just so you can fit in or to make those social interactions go smoothly. And it's almost as though I think or we feel like if we don't mask, we are going to be excluded. Okay. Um, we are going to be isolated. Yeah. If I don't mask, people are going to go, actually, she's really annoying. Um, I don't want to hang out with her. Okay. Um, and it's almost like if you mask more, you start feeling like you have to really alter who you are. And then there's the idea of assimilation, of just really trying to fit in. Okay, and this really is, is masking on a, a much deeper level, as it's not just about covering up who we are, but also presenting someone that you're not, okay, um, to that extent that you force yourself to engage. You know, it's like there are five different versions of me. And... This week, I've had a number of, of young people struggling with, with masking. One of them, um, her mom reached out and she said, actually, she is such an excellent masker that when professionals see her, mental health professionals see her, they don't see anything wrong. But she's actually at such a bad place right now that she's in hospital and she is self-harming and she is suicidal but they are still thinking that actually she's okay because she is so scared to let anyone down okay this young girl is putting herself at risk because she's worried about what teachers and friends are going to think of her then there's a little girl who I saw who has 
such high levels of anxiety that the night before school, she has to run through like a script a number of times just so that she can be prepared for school. She's not been able to go into school because it is just so exhausting and it's so draining for her. And it was really interesting. And I said to her, you know, why, why are you okay once you're in school? You know, she's going to school like once every two weeks. And she said, because once I'm there, I'm there. I'm in and I just have to do it. I just have to go for it. And that's that idea of, okay, now I'm here. Now I'm putting on my best act, right? And I said, okay, so do you actually even want to go to school? And she looked at me like I was insane. And she went, absolutely. But I want to be able to go to school and I want to feel happy about being at school and not feel stressed and not feel anxious. And that's just, you know, key because I then spoke to her, um, the Senko at her school, who is absolutely amazing. And she was saying to me, you know, it's so hard to get other people to understand masking. And by other people, she meant the other teachers who think that, you know, this young girl is just picking and choosing and that she is just doing whatever she likes. But actually, that is just not the case. And I was explaining to this teacher that actually we all mask every single day. And she did look at me like I was a little bit, you know, loopy. And I said, just think about it, you know, a couple of times as we were walking around the school, a number of people have said to you, hi, good weekend. And you've gone, yeah, great, thanks. And imagine if you actually turned and said to them, do you know what, actually I had a really crap weekend. Um, I didn't get anything done and, you know, I'm just feeling really, really low, but hey-ho, you know, you'd kind of then get this look from people, right? And so we do it all the time. We go to that couple's dinner that we don't really want to go to. We go and we socialize at an event that really is so draining, but we do it, you know, when people say, how are you? We go, I'm really great, thank you. And actually you want to say, dude, inside I'm exhausted. I just want to lie on the sofa. Or you want to say, actually, no, I'm not doing so great, you know. And it's the same at schools for our young kids. We are expecting them to just be happy and be good and be someone they're not all the time you know and so really I think we we need to just spread the word about how hard it is for our kids and young people who are masking how difficult it is for them and to just show them a little bit of empathy to just go look I know that this is really really hard for you you know, it's just starting with, okay, what can I do in this moment? How can I help you regulate in this moment? And then I will relate to you and I can say to you, yeah, it's hard. It is hard to come in to not know what lessons are going to change, to not know if there's going to be a fire alarm today. Um, it is hard when you don't know if there's suddenly going to be a Christmas assembly rehearsal or someone's going to come in and um, suddenly do a party which you didn't expect at school and what can we do to to support you what can we do to help you and sometimes it's just a case of saying 
I know that it is hard. And so we really need to do so much more for the young people that we work with and care for. And we need to do even more for for them by educating the adults who work with them and who care for them because masking is not a long-term option. We might do it and we might try and think we're okay but at the end of the day just it's going to come back and it's just going to bite you on the ass it really is so you know as I was saying to this amazing girl yesterday I said to her you know you need to remember that you are absolutely amazing and you are awesome and you need to tell yourself that every day you know think about everything you're good at and she was like well all I'm good at is cuddling my dogs and I went that's amazing you can be the world's best animal cuddler and you can be a pet sitter and you can train animals and you know that is that is a skill that is not something that you need to be worried about um you just need to feel comfortable and feel happy and learn to not worry about what people think of you because you are amazing and you are awesome and this little girl was trying so hard to uphold her mask and out of the corner of my eye I could see her mom just really really tearing up and you know when I looked back at her she was really you could see that something had clicked for her and she just she just welled up and and said okay, I'll, um, okay, yeah, I'm going to go now. And then she left and her mom and I just looked at each other and and it was just heartbreaking, you know, um, that this little girl feels this way about herself. And so we really need to do more. We need to do better for the neurodivergent young people that we work with because masking and camouflaging and trying to fit in is just not an option. Um, we need to get them to connect because connection is everything. Have a great week and let me know what you thought of today's episode. Bye.